everybody to another episode of Saint Reddit's podcast. Aw, shoot, that's my 730. Excuse me, I have to get... What was, what was that on your phone? You had a very important business call? I did. Oh, how'd it go? My warranty is now extended. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, yeah, we're for another episode of the Hollow Wheel Haunts. Even though it is <laughs> November, <laughs> and we'll extend it this season. So we should call this Halloween Haunts Part 4, The Revenge of the Halloween. The Halloween did feel like it took a little bit of revenge this week. Because it's after Halloween and we're watching classics after Halloween? Yes. It's and fine. I really want to go in Christmas mode. I actually do too, which is very rare for me. I'm all in. Well, our Halloween season started in August. So August 26. I, f- I feel as though it's done. I feel it's also done, but unfortunately it's not done until we finish these movies up. So, Halloween Haunts Part 4, The Revenge of the Halloween. The Revenge of the Halloween. Four more movies to discuss. And for the Christmas episodes, we will do more than four movies per episode. But tonight, we actually have some really good choices and some interesting choices. Again, it's going across a lot of different genres and ratings and years. So, without further ado, let's get to our first movie from 1986. The horror comedy musical, Little Shop of Horrors. Cue the trailer! Little Shop of Horrors. Starring Rick Moranis. Will you marry me? Ellen Green. Vincent Gardenia. With a special appearance by Steve Martin. You have a talent for causing pain. James Belushi. John Candy. Bill Murray. It's a professionalism that I respect. Little Shop of Horrors. And that was Little Shop of Horrors. It was my first time actually watching it because I wasn't going into it. I wasn't sure if I had seen it, and I definitely did not see it. You knew the song, though. You knew a couple of the songs. That's all I got. Um, We did see the play musical thing. The play musical thing. We did. We did see the production a few years ago, so maybe that's where I based my information from. Yeah. And we had a really good time when we saw that musical. We did. I like the general story. I I did. We have as good of a time as watching the movie. Mm, No, but I would. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I enjoyed it too. It's been a long time since I watched it. I of course was freaking out because there's a lot of well-known people in there. Obviously, Rick Moranis uh, stars in the movie. Steve Martin is the dentist, which was Britney's favorite scenes. Ugh. And then you have uh, such cameos as um, what we got: Jim Belushi, Bill Murray in a very weird cameo. Correct. <laughs> yeah, and uh, John Candy, which was also fun. I mean, I feel like this is one of those movies that you might not have watched it, but you definitely heard of it. Everybody's like heard of this movie. Um, yes. Everybody knows I I feel like as though everyone knows that it's about they know they they know the plan. Yeah. You know Audrey what I mean? Too. Yeah. Well, they don't maybe necessarily yeah, know that that's a giant that's, that's what it's called. Yeah, it's a giant like Venus flytrap looking mofo. Yes. But what I people don't might not know, which you didn't know, um I actually didn't know. 
I knew there was an original movie, but this movie is based on the off-Broadway play that was based on the original movie from 1960. <laughs> yeah. Jack Nicholson was actually in that, in a very small role, but of course they, you know, they say, oh my gosh, he was in it to get people to watch it. And didn't you say that the person who played Audrey was in it somehow? Yes, yeah, so the person that played Audrey in the Broadway, off-Broadway musical, that became like a huge hit, was cast as Audrey in the movie. Yes, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, that happened recently with uh, the movie we just saw in movie theaters a little bit ago, Dear Evan Hansen, which is... Not like this movie whatsoever. No. But another thing I wanted to mention is something really weird. So it was directed by Frank Oz. You might not recognize that name, but I do. Um, he Wizard of Oz. No, because then he'd be really old. Um, That Oz jail show. No, it's nothing to do with Oz. <laughs> so not only is he a very good director, but he's very famous as a puppeteer. He's most famous... Um, being the puppeteer for Yoda in the Star Wars original trilogy and voicing Yoda. And he also is the main puppeteer for Miss Piggy for the Muppets. So did he puppeteer the plant? No, he directed the movie. But I'm assuming... So a very like famous puppeteer did not puppeteer his own puppet. No, Audrey was actually... Pu- uh, the puppeteers, there were several. There was like, I think, five or six people controlling that. Well, it's very big. It's it's humongous, and I think very impressive for like the eighth. Something that I feel would be super CGI right now. I thought the movie was really weird, but in like kind of a good way. Yeah. Um, I thought the songs were catchy. Oh, especially suddenly Seymour. I don't know why, but like, I, f- I did not know Rick Moranis could c- like carry a tune. Oh, very well too. He did a great job. And the dentist sang as well. Uh, I did not. I was not a fan of the dentist scenes no. because I have a fear of the dentist. I get triggered, and uh, let's just say the triggering was happening. It was happening. I could tell her being very uncomfortable because they were pushing that boundary, and I think Britt really didn't like it when they had the camera point of view of <laughs> inside the mouth, which was which was obviously like a puppet that they made but yeah. looked kind of real. It's actually making me really nervous right now. I have butterflies in my stomach. Oh. Uh I don't like to talk about it. And uh, oh, we Bill Murray's character was very weird. He was like, like um audio pers- f- audio f- uh what's the word? I don't I don't know the word for it, but he like likes pain. Audio he, like, asphyxiation. Wanted right. pain. Yeah. That's, he was like excited to go to this dentist who causes pain. He couldn't even sit down in his seat in the waiting room. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm not even going to describe the sort of things that he was doing because it was uh, mildly disturbing. Yeah. And, but definitely right up Bill Murray's alley. Bill Murray's a very weird individual, but I love him. Yes. Um, one thing that I do want to mention is the fact that the person who voiced the plant. What has an amazing singing voice. Oh, yeah. Like, um, awesome. I actually had to look this person up um, just because I wanted to see if I knew who they were, and I did not. But they are fairly famous. They were in a group, but like sort of like a Motown oh, group. Oh, uh, four, four Tops. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, Motown, um, Levy Stubbs. But yeah, he had a hell of a voice. Like, yes. That's why I think it was incredible. It's so good, you know. Now, hear me out on this. If they ever decide to remake this, I'm saying it right now, 
that I think the person cast as Audrey Chu should be the guy who voices um, Genie. Oh my god, that would be perfect. I know. Like somebody, somebody say that. What's his name? James Engelhold or something like that. But right. he, I would. Be as soon perfect. as I heard it, I thought of him. Oh my god, that's excellent. I know. Yeah, I I really feel like we did talk about this really quick, but we tried to keep it to a minimum where. You know how they did um, Christmas Story Live on Fox, and they did Grease Live. You know, I can see them, or and then they did a Rocky Horror remake live. I can see them doing this at some point. Well, they better just sign him on right now. Yeah, he's amazing. We saw him when we saw Aladdin on Broadway, and like talk about a captive, you know, captivating the audience right yeah. away. And he did a great job of Oogie, right? Yeah, when he did. we watched that mm-hmm. Nightmare for Christmas thing last year. Yep. And he's a he's a huge Disney fan and a huge yes. wrestling fan, so we would get along very well. I'm sure he would love to have that part, and he would it would it would just be like hitting it out of the ballpark. Oh man, I'm like getting pumped right now. I I got myself goosebumps <laughs> just thinking yeah. about. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give him a call. But yo, James. Yeah, let's call him up. Yeah, but let's get let's get him on the phone line. Um, that's one thing though, and then what we'll get on to next movie is just that I am shocked. That this hasn't hit a nostalgia high for people because it seems like there would be action figures and um, T-shirts and posters. Like I, I, there has been Funko Pops of them. Except my one kid. Remember? Yeah, last remember? year. I know. I forgot to tell him that I watched it and thought of him. Oh my gosh! But there's this one. There's this one kid in one of my classes last year who that was his Halloween costume. Yeah. So like he. He has like all sorts of plants in his house. Like he's obsessed. So yeah, I just there's there is one. There's one, but yeah, I just I'm shocked that this doesn't get as much love as it used to. I feel like I knew I knew the movie growing up, but I didn't really watch it. I don't know if my parents thought it was inappropriate. It actually isn't really inappropriate. Like I feel like any any kid could really watch this movie. It gets a little weird at times. I mean, I don't think they're gonna get some of the adult humor jokes. Nah, um, no. Audrey too does get a little. Yeah. You know, racy. Oh, and then there's the part with the body. You right. You the body up. You know, it's like fine. people dying. But, yeah, prime Rick Moranis, prime Steve Martin, John Candy and Bill Murray show up for a cup of coffee. But it is it is really great. So uh, definitely, I would say 1 million percent check it out. And it doesn't, it's, it's not a Halloween movie. Um, some people say it's hard, like, but it, you can watch it whenever. It's it's just a great musical. It's not a Halloween movie. It doesn't take place during Halloween. Nope. But it has like horror aspects to it, so yeah. um, I don't know. Give it a try. Yeah. Our next film was I was, forget. Our next one was actually not a one film. It was two films. Oh, my double feature. It was Britney's double feature. Matt and I each had uh, the option. Well, more like a requirement to put a double feature on the wheel, and mine was Paranormal Activity One and Paranormal Activity Two. High def camera on my girlfriend Katie. She thinks there's something in the house. I don't know. You believe me, right? I think we're gonna have a very interesting time capturing whatever paranormal phenomena is occurring or is not occurring. Windows are locked. Doors are locked. Alarm is on. Hearing a weird sound. Feel it breathing on me. Looks like something big you. It's not the house, it's me. What's happening to me? This thing left a message. If it's not a ghost, what is it? And we're back. We are back, and we just 
listened to the trailers for Brit's double feature. With who? So I have not rewatched the Paranormal Activity movies at all. This is the first time I've rewatched any of them. I mean, I'm guessing I originally watched them with you, so probably, probably have not rewatched them as well. Right, and because there's like 25 of there them. There are a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, I don't know the actual number, but one just came out on Paramount Plus. But isn't the isn't the new one seven? Sure. Paranormal Activity seven. Uh, they don't call it by numbers anymore. I know. But maybe we'll go with that. It should be the final paranormal activity. Let me just say that. No. What did I think? I enjoyed them. Okay. <laughs> it's not even like we didn't watch them. We watched them a long time ago. We didn't. We watched them semi recently. We did. We did watch them semi recently. I mean, I was entertained by them. Um, I wasn't as scared the second time watching them because I I had to tell myself, Brittany, it's just a movie. It's not real. It's the same people in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, c- well, I remember when the, m- the first one came out in 2007. This is before we met. So when the first one came out, there was a lot of this hype about it, just like kind of like Blair Witch Project, that it's just real. Are they real people? And they it went even as far as when they cast um, Mika and Katie. Katie. They use the real names. That's yes, their real names. Yes, I know. That was so crazy. So that's really, really smart. And they haven't been in anything before. I know, and they I, they knew what they were doing. They wanted 100%. people to feel like this was real. So yeah, and I actually have a little bit that I uh, I have down in my notes here. So well, they definitely convinced me the first time that I watched right. it. So originally developed as an independent feature and given film festival screens in two thousand seven, the film was shot for a total of fifteen thousand dollars. Dang. It was then acquired by Paramount Pictures and modified, particularly with a new ending that cost an additional $200,000. The new ending cost that much? It was given a limited release in 2009 and then national release in 2009. The film earned $108 million. Oh, my God. And $85 million internationally for a total of $193 million. My eyes just bugged out of so my head. Like, Okay, well, just say take away the ending, right? Fifteen thousand dollars because they're, they all they do is set up this camera, a couple cameras, and that's it. There's right. no additional camera shots. Even the second one, they start doing additional crap. But like, it's literally two cameras, two actors, and that's it. Well, there are a couple other actors. Well, in the first one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The yeah, the first one because you bring in the priest. No, 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 no not the priest. You bring in um. The psychic, yeah, which and is, then yeah, which is one of my favorite scenes. By the way. And then maybe a pr- I forget the second guy. They were remember they were trying to call him, but he never came. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, when that guy showed up, he's like, "Yeah, I can't be here. I gotta go." Yeah, he's like, "Um, this presence does not want me here, so I cannot help you. <laughs> Goodbye." He's probably like, "I just really need to go get some dinner for my family." Yeah, definitely. But, First movie crushed it. Still kind of creepy. I did write down two notes right away so we could talk about it. The first one was something you mentioned was why do they keep the bedroom door open? Oh my gosh. I was like, if this thing is getting in the room, right? I mean, would it even make a difference? Would it just open the door? Maybe. But then maybe she wouldn't have got dragged out by her feet. First of all. I find sleeping with the bedroom door open 
like really weird. I know I, people. I know people do. I it. used to do it all the time. I cannot. I have to have the door not only shut but locked. All entry into my bedroom has to be locked. I cannot even fathom trying to go to sleep with the door wide open and the abyss of the hallway looming over you in the darkness. The abyss of the hallway. Yes. That is that is kind of true. Isn't that freaking creepy? You know what? I am realizing as an adult, I was a very anxious person. I still am an anxious yeah. person. It dawned on you all of a sudden I w- like two I years know. ago. <laughs> I was oh like, my gosh. Oh my God. I was such an anxious child. Everything makes sense now. Anyways, general plot of the movie that there's some weird stuff going on, uh, mostly around Katie, and they're trying to figure out. So Mika decides he wants to record it all of all this expensive recording equipment and this giant camcorder and all this, you know, these cameras throughout the house and everything like that. But when we start getting more in the movie, we find out that something's been following her since she's been a child. And she didn't really think it was, she thought it was weird, but didn't really think it was that weird. And Mika was like, yeah, it's fucking weird. We're going to record this. And then that's where shit starts to hit the fan. And the famous scene where they're asleep and then she gets up and stands there for like three and a half hours at four o'clock in the morning. It's actually at one o'clock. So four o'clock. Yes. Mm. It's like one, one thirty to about three, three thirty. Okay. That's I wrong. Think. I don't know. <laughs> my my other note I have here is what's up with them in their sheet? Who sleeps like that? I don't know. Like, Monsters. Yeah, like, uh, me and Brett are the type of people that, like, we need a comforter or a quill or a blanket, whatever, and we need to be, like, tucked in a little bit. I don't know how else to put it. No wonder they were able to pull her out of the bed, because she's not tucked in. She's got, like, one, like, sheet flipping, flopping everywhere. Flipping, flopping. Flipping, flopping. But Mika had to come in and fuck everything up, as men normally do. (laughs) Because she said she was fine. She he wanted to buy a Ouija board. She said you better not buy a Ouija board. So he didn't buy a Ouija board. He borrowed it. He borrowed a Ouija board. Yeah. Well, what did the what is the one thing the psychic said not to do? She said, "Don't try to communicate with the spirit." He, the psychic, he said, "Do not talk to the spirit or demon or whatever is possession of this house." I mean, not really the house because, like Matt said, it's following, it's following Katie. Right. Um, but it it wasn't like violent or anything. Which I did think was until now was really really smart that they're like you can't just leave the house; it's going to follow you. That doesn't matter. I was like, well, that's definitely a different spin on the and like the Amityville horror type of situation. Right? Because you're like, why doesn't she just leave? Well, she can't. Yeah. But really, Micah should have left because he screwed everything up. With the cameras, it made the demon angry. With the Ouija board, it made it even more angry. And you know what? You know what happened to him? He went home. It wasn't good. I'll say that. Well, let's just say that I guess they spent a lot of money. We still don't know how they made that ending, but that was a really good ending. Dude. Dude. Some of the things that they did... Like, towards the end, when the demons started getting more violent, I don't even know how they did that. Right. 
and knowing that they only spent fifteen thousand dollars on production blows my mind. Well, yeah. well besides the, the twenty thousand dollar new ending, which uh, what what was the difference? I well, I I, I really don't know. I but wish they would tell I us. I assume it's that him getting thrown at the camera like that. They probably right, rigged, rigged right. him up, you know. Or stunt I'm just wondering what the original ending was. Oh, it's just I'm saying like, all right, well, like, you know, they just want some cheese and crackers. Well, and who doesn't? Yeah, they just want to watch some movies. So. All right. So the second one is actually a prequel, but my favorite part of it was we just watched Paranormal Activity. There was... um. Here we go. There was like a, a, well, the first one got popular in 2009, and then this came out in 2010, so it hasn't been too long. But they're showing you the dates of when the events are happening. So in the first one, it's like September and October of 2006. Then they show Katie going over her family, so like, you know, I guess her sisters, brothers, whoever, and it says May of 2006. So we're like, oh, it's a, it's a prequel. Okay, cool. That's why, like, you know, there's no shady stuff going on over her. And then we see Mika. So, obviously, he didn't come back from the dead. It's a prequel. But <gasps> Spoiler. But then it says clear as day, like, 55 days before Mika's death. And we're yeah. like, I'm like, oh, they're saying, guys, it's a sequel. Well, it's for a, the people who weren't paying attention to the dates, right. like me. <laughs> you were like, oh, oh, what? That's right. I forgot it was a prequel. It's a prequel. I did forget that. And I was so confused when I saw Katie show up and it was the same actress with the same name. Yeah. And they were even talking about I said, sister. Even though I was like, oh, it's a prequel. I like, wasn't listening. Anyway. um, Yeah. So it it blatantly tells you, but it, t- it doesn't tell you right away that it's a prequel. But then it's like, yeah, like Matt said. Oh, 55 days before the death of Mika or whatever, or the disappearance of Katie. So the general plot of this one is, so this is actually Katie's sister's family. So it's um, Katie's sister's husband and then like the stepdaughter and they just had a baby. Not the stepdaughter, that'd be weird. Um, Katie's sister and her, Katie's sister's husband had a baby um, and it happened to be a boy, and there's something about firstborn males on the family. So weird things start happening to that family as well. Um, lights flickering, pots and pans moving, um, drawers opening, and it all seemed to be like focused. They, they want the baby. They want the kid. They want the boy. And then it starts escalating. Um Something happened to the dog, which I'm really upset about. They could take the baby, but don't hurt the dog. Like, that's crossing the line. Um, Anything else you want to add over there, yeah. Mr. Quiet? Uh, yeah. Uh, the second one was a little problematic for me because they're like, let's try to explain, like, the creepiness. And they're like, let's just add a baby and a dog. That's... It was just too too Hollywood for me, but it and was still like enjoyable. And like the camera was like in HD. Yeah, and you're like, oh well, well, oh yeah, that's right. The biggest yeah. the biggest gripe I had with it was they come back from being out somewhere to family, and like somebody broke in, and they're like, ha, whatever. It's <gasps> I said fine. that out loud. I was like, huh. They were like laughing. They're, they're like, making ha, jokes. Ha, ha. Like nothing's stolen or broken. Yeah, and I'm like, someone. Apparently broke into your house and you're laughing about it? 
I just think that I mean that's obviously a reason to put the cameras everywhere for for the movie. Right. That was why. Yeah, that was their reason. But that's I remember when the second one came out. I'm like they added a baby and a dog. That's it. That's all it was. And I'm like it was still okay. And then once like Paranormal Activity three happens, it's all downhill after that. But yeah. Sure. So um the the stories from Paranormal Activity one and two eventually combined, and you see, so like yo, that neck snap. I know, the neck snap. So you see like Katie after she murdered Mika, come back to the sister's house. Paranormal Activity 1 and 2 are taking place simultaneously in the storyline. Um, so then Katie comes to the sister's house, and she snaps the, the guy's neck. She ta- she uh, I don't know what happened to the sister, but she takes the baby and then disappears. So that's really what happens at the end of the Paranormal Activity 2. Hey, I was entertained by the first and second one, so go check it out. Exactly. I think it's worth a rewatch. Yeah, yeah, at least the first one. If you want to make it through the second one, that's awesome. All right, let's go to our third movie. All right. So the third movie um, on the Halloween part four tonight is The Last Matinee. Mm. In Spanish, it is called, let me try not to butcher this, Almoar La Matinee <laughs> from 2020. Q. El Trailer. We are back. For some reason, didn't realize they were speaking Spanish. What? I d- I <laughs> you didn't know they were speaking Spanish? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I even thought, like, oh, what language are they speaking? It was uh, kind of obvious if you, like, were paying attention at all. Um, so what did you think? I really enjoyed it. So I wasn't expecting much because I knew the small premise was just there's a killer inside of a movie theater. I knew nothing else about it. I knew it was a newer movie, and it came out last year. And Brittany was shocked when I told her it was new. She thought it was from, like, I don't even know when, 20 years ago? I don't know. That's what it seemed like to me. Well, that was the vibe they were kind of going for, because if you notice in the beginning of the movie, it said it was 1993. Ew. All right, so I was already turned off because I knew I had to read the movie. Okay. And I don't like to have to read the movie because then I can't be on my phone. So you're not supposed to be on your phone doing this. Uh, what's that over there? You know that I can multitask. You cannot fully appreciate a movie when there's another screen or any distraction Bull. in front of you. Bull, I fully appreciated the Little Shop of Horrors. There's something you miss when you're not fully paying attention to a movie. I don't even... Anyway, what I was saying, and and I am not going to sit here and argue my attentiveness on my phone during a movie because I really do pay attention I, to I'm both not saying things you don't. at the same time. I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying if your phone wasn't there at all, you I would see more. I just don't appreciate having to read a movie, well, even yeah, though yeah. I like to read books. I just don't like reading movies. Okay. Did I watch this movie? 
You yes, did. I did. You actually watch did. It. You fully watched it. I'll give you that. Now, did I read every single piece of dialogue? No. no, no, I did not. Nor did I need to. So the last matinee takes place in Montevideo, which is in Uruguay, in 1993. So they're not speaking Spanish; they're speaking Portuguese. Maybe. Or it could be a little bit of both. Because as we see, the movie they're actually watching is in English. And. Although they speak Portuguese in Brazil, not Uruguay. Yeah. But I did know it was Uruguay. Because I saw in the opening credits all the Spanish cities. Well, South, South American. South American cities. Said Uruguay, like productions or something. Right, right, right. There was about seventeen or eighteen different opening studios. Um, but right, so an engineering student, Anna, takes over the duties of her father because he's not in the best health and he apparently has passed out in the projector room at this movie theater. Um, yes, he is the projectionist. Right. So unbeknownst to her, the audience is watching the film, she's running. And there is a killer inside the movie theater with mysterious bag and black gloves, right? So that's what I thought was pretty cool. They obviously didn't show this guy's face the entire film. And it's just kind of like an old school, you know, he keeps killing people. Nobody's noticing because it's pitch dark. Um, I will say earlier in the movie, there was one guy that I sympathize with. He's trying to watch the film, and these drunk kids come in messing around, and he's like, that's it. I can't take it anymore, and he runs and storms out. Well, that saved his life. It did save his life, but I understand that. Like, some movies, like Ghostbusters coming up, if there's people talking, I'm going to be very angry. I feel like the premise of this movie is a little unsettling to me. For some reason, in my um, paranoid mind, I fear that this happens (laughs) in the movie theater. Like, I fear like this is going to happen to me, especially if people are sitting behind me in the movie theater. And this is why we sit in the back, right? (laughs) Well, you don't always sit in the back. No. But when we... But when we do sit in the back, I feel the most comfortable. Yeah. Even though I'm furthest away from the <laughs> exit. <laughs> the exit. <laughs> oh, there's a fire. I would just rather. Going. It feels better to be able to see everybody than to be like, oh, there's somebody sitting behind me. I don't know what they're doing. Well, the projectionist is the projectionist is sitting behind okay, you. Okay, but up he's in up in his little booth. Well, uh, oh, so it's like, hey, oh, there's a fire. I can't get out. I'm going to burn. But you ain't going to kill me. Right, at least I'll see it coming. <laughs> but it's I d- like the unknown for me. I, d- I did notice that. I'm like, think about movie theater. It's dark. You're not really paying attention to your surroundings. You're staring at the screen. Anything can happen. And honestly, in this world, it's sad to say that things have happened in movie theaters in the past. Yeah, So, I know it, it is unfortunate because we live in an unfortunate society. And let's be real. Anytime you're in a movie theater and there's some sort of something going down, you're not paying attention to the movie. You're interested, at least we are, into what's going on. Yes, I've now digressed. So then my next question in my head was, do the people who project the movie in a movie theater now actually have to sit there and like, like watch it? Watch it, watch it go in case something happens. Now, I really I don't f- know. I feel like they wouldn't need to do that. And your AMCs and your Regals and your United Artists, I feel like no, because most of it's digital. But for the smaller ones, yeah, they still probably have to manually run like the reels. Like 
the Mahoney drive-in, like they, that's actual real stuff. So they still have to do that. But that's like they're not. We're not working all day. It's like once a night okay. on the weekends. And I just found out they actually closed for the winter. No, I thought you were gonna say, do they actually do they wash the people in the seats? And I'm like, I don't no, know. No, 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 no. <laughs> like she had to sit there. I mean, she was studying, but like she had to sit there in case anything went wrong with the reel, which it did. Which it did. And she had to like cut it and like paste it, splice it back together, splice it, whatever. I was like, I don't really think that we have to do that anymore. No. So, is this a projectionist job like moot? Like. We don't even, do like, need them? Something. Because I feel like... Remember when we saw the Adams Family and it, like, wasn't right? It was, like... That was so weird. weird. It was blurry. Yeah. And we all it thought it was our 3D glasses, but yeah, it wasn't. I was like, was there's something wrong with their glasses. That was funny. But, yeah, I feel for the most part, it's not really a thing anymore. But um, the kills, though... Some of the kills were really, really good. They were gross. Oh, my God. When he... the. When that guy saw the girl that looked like, uh, crap, Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields, which is going to be in a uh, Netflix Christmas movie, by the way. Um, he went over to talk to her and got the th- got the guts to pretty much, I guess, ask her out. They start making out, and then he like makes like a shish kebab and puts it between both of their heads, and it, uh, he's like posing people in the, in the in the audience. That's the one thing. It's not really explained why he was doing this, but I guess that's okay. Um, I think he was hungry. Oh, I just meant in general, but yeah, he could be. Well, he was eating the eyeballs. That's right. So I forgot about that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And it's coming back to me. In the beginning, we th- I said I thought it was pickles. It was actually eyeballs, we find out. And he's eating the eyeballs. And don't know why he's eating the eyeballs, because he's fucked up. I don't know. But he, they finally reveal his face near the end. He's going after the main girl. And, I mean, like I said, it was a fun little film. Not, I'm going to say a lot happened, but a lot didn't happen. But it was definitely original. Um, and for me, I would say take or leave this movie. Your okay. choice. Okay. If you enjoy a foreign film, maybe you'll enjoy this. There definitely was gruesome kills, so if you like that, go for it. Um, I feel like as I was watching it, there were probably like little things that bugged me, but that's usually with most movies. Yeah, you're you're a tough egg to crack. Yeah, especially Wait. when we were watching Chucky. Tough egg to crack. I don't think that's right, but anyways. That's right. That's a right expression. Okay, but yeah, like I said, take or leave it. Um, I guess I'll take it. I could definitely see this movie being remade uh, for the English-speaking audience. They, of course, will make it, you know, probably ten times bloodier and whatever. But it'll go like the last showing. Duh, duh, duh. Yeah. That should be good. Yeah, I'll like, watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So, yeah, um, like I said, Brett Taker, leave it. And we are up to our fourth and final movie of the night. Woohoo! Would you like to introduce that one, Britt? From ni- 1993. From 1993. You have the Disney classic. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. 
It's the dawn of a frightening day. Another glorious morning. Makes me sick. We're talking about three ancient hags. How bad can it be? Back after 300 years. The more children's lives we snatch, the longer we shall live. Are you boys a little old to be trick-or-treating? I put a spell on you. Bubble, bubble. I'm <laughs> in trouble. Brewing up magic and mayhem. Beth Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Hocus Pocus, The Magical World of Disney, Thursday. So. We don't have to go too much into the plot. Everybody has seen this movie tens and millions of times. If you've not seen this movie, where have you been? I actually didn't see this movie until about until we met. So, and I'm not like one of okay. Some some people. This is where I'm getting at. So some people are like super obsessed with Hocus Pocus. I am not one of those people. I'm not super obsessed with it. I would say I'm more like. Halloween Town. That's my. That's like my jam. Yes. Um, but I really do enjoy Hocus Pocus, and I found myself like knowing the lines now, and I was like saying the lines as they <laughs> were being said, and you know, put a spell on you. It was like a really good song. Yeah. Catchy. Uh, our man Kenny Ortega. Oh shout yeah. Out. Kenny. I know we love him. Uh, I don't know if he was. Was he the director? Yes, he was the director and director choreographer. And choreographer. What What is great is he loves his end credit scenes, doesn't yes. he? He was doing it b- way before Marvel. But again, we're not going over the plot. We know about the black flame candle, the whole deal. Oh virgins, my god, that is everything. like. I'm sorry for interrupting because you get mad when I interrupt you. No, sir. But that is like the one thing that really annoys me about this movie is the how many times you have to say virgin. A virgin lit the black flame candle. I'm a virgin. He's a virgin. My brother's a virgin. Well, I have a feeling in the sequel they're not going to say that. So I think you'll be fine with that. Well, why would they say that in the sequel? Well, I'm glad you said something. <laughs> but we'll get to that uh, near the end of this. We'll get. To, I have a whole thing about the sequel. So... Obviously, this was released in 1993, as I said earlier. And uh, did you know when it came out, it was a major flop? No, I did not. It came out in July. Well, that (laughs) is stupid. Why would they release it in July? No. It is is blatantly on Halloween. Everything that happens, happens on Halloween. But Kenny Ortega thought his career was over because how bad it did. Poor Kenny. Thing. The second fun thing was Hocus Pocus was not the original title. It was going to be called Halloween House. Well, I'm glad they didn't go with that. Well, it, w- it probably would have came out in January. Then. I don't yes. know. <laughs> At least July was closer. Like, what house are they talking about? The Sanderson I, House? I'm assuming, yeah. Third fun fact. This is actually really fun. I don't even think you know this. Well, so, so far, I haven't known any of these. There was somebody else that was offered a role of Max. And this person turned it down because he wanted to be in this other movie. And this person was Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, you told me that. Yeah. So he was um, getting ready to audition for What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He <sighs> didn't even movie. get hired for it. They offered him like the role in Hocus Pocus, and he turned it down for the chance to audition for Gilbert Grape. Luckily, it worked out. Yes. But even he sent an interview, um, I think it was in like 2014, 2015. He's like, I was taught as a child when they offer you a lot of money, you take the role. And I said no. And that could have been a major backfire. They do mention Yabos in the movie. 
which is Max's word for breasts. Yeah. Because he apparently like her Yabos a couple years ago. Um, there was a kid in our class who watched Hocus Pocus, so he was repeating that line over and over again <laughs> in school. <laughs> of course, I understood what he meant because I had seen the movie. It's like, we have to put an end to that. Yeah, and br- <laughs> we called him Yabos Kid. Yes. So, let's get to this sequel that's coming. That's what I really want to talk about. We don't have to talk about the film. We know all about it. So, as we know, it was announced about two years ago there's going to be Hocus Pocus 2 coming from Disney on Disney+. Plus. All the Sanderson sisters are back. Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najime. Or I don't know how to say yeah. it. So, they're all coming back, the three. And they did announce that the supporting characters, I believe, are also coming back a couple days ago. They put a little quick video of the candle, and it said from Disney Plus official Twitter, the black flame candle is a line to the Sanderson sisters' delight. That's all it said. So they're going to have new characters in it as well, and somehow the Sanderson sisters are going to be brought back yet again. Sequels can sometimes ruin things. Yes. It's very true. You have an original idea, and now you're going to try to follow it up with the same character, the same story, and expect the same results. And that doesn't always work. But if they hit hard on nostalgia and just do the right things and use their Disney magic, it it might go well. It really might. Mm. Yes. uh, Just based on the book, I mean... It doesn't follow the main characters. It follows new characters. So that's going to be a little bit tricky because the people who love Hocus Pocus are going to want to see the characters that they love. And they'll be there. It's just they're not like the main focus. Of Hocus Pocus. Gotcha. Hocus Pocus focus. So that's funny to say because they announced there are new characters that are going to be in this. Exactly. So are they going to try to branch it off and become a thing? Because if you remember correctly, the last time they tried to do that and have new characters was Ghostbusters in 2016. That did not go too well. Is that the female one? Yeah. I like that one. I liked it too, but we know what the general consensus is. However, it looks like they're trying to course correct that. Guys, if you're mad... About the all-female cast of Ghostbusters, that movie. Just rewatch it for Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> yes. Okay? You will have a whole new perspective of the movie if you just watch it for his parts. <laughs> it's amazing. Especially when he's I like, love him. When he's Chris, I know you'll never hear this, but I love you. Yeah. All right, should we get to our ratings? There's going to be one that you're going to sh- be shocked about. Look. First, we have Little Shop of Horrors from 1986, rated PG, because in th- that was before PG-13 uh, was a thing. So, yeah. Um, you can find it uh, streaming on HBO Max if you have an account, and 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Yeah. That's I, a lot. It's very high, but I agree with it. But, I mean, we love musicals. Yeah, um, and our general consensus was definitely check it out, Little Shop of Horrors, if you've never watched it. It's a fun time. Yes. Up next, the double feature of Paranormal Activity from 2007 and Paranormal Activity 2 from 2010, both rated R. You can find them right now uh, streaming on Showtime if you have a subscription. 
The first paranormal activity is rated 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, that's high, that's too. That's pretty high. But again, original concept, original idea. Um, we didn't really see anything like that before. It wasn't like Blair Witch Project. I think two is going to be lower. Two is 58% yes. on Rotten Tomatoes, and I feel that's that's accurate. Yeah, that's, well. a, that's about. Um, our third film was The Last Matinee from 2020, or... Um, in. In Spanish, I believe it's called El Moir La Matinee, so rated R as well. And you can only really rent this right now because it is an independent film, uh, and it's for three ninety nine, pretty much across the board. Uh, this comes in at eighty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a lot higher than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, again, it is newer, so there's not as much critiques about it out there. Uh, but again, I, I give it a nod for its originality, um, different concepts. Kills were interesting. Uh, I think it fell apart at the end a little bit, but you know, yeah. sometimes you gotta eat some eyeballs. You know, I just felt like it was getting too long. It was like an hour and twenty five. I I know that's <laughs> bad though. That's what I'm saying. Like it felt too long. Yeah. So and a, an hour and twenty minutes should not feel like a long movie. So uh, I think our general combined consensus is: if you feel like watching it, sure. If you don't feel like watching it, sure. Um, I like I'll go take or leave. Matt will take. I will leave. Okay. All right. And last but certainly not least, Hocus Pocus from 1993, rated PG, uh, available on Disney Plus. Shocker there. And this is is a shocker. Thirty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Thirty eight percent. Yep. Why? It's I don't know. And it's that's it's weird to say, but for some reason, like as a guy. You it's you're like oh it's a girls movie that's what I was kind of told growing up oh well that's a girls movie no first of all no it's not it's a cool freaking movie is what it is number one movies are for everyone yeah number two I watched this with a fresh point of view about five years ago so I remember nothing about it besides Bette Midler was in it that's all I knew I was blown away last but not least our next spin. We always give it away at the end of the episode. Yes. And we already spun. The next movie we're watching, Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas. We're going through the turkey door. We're going through the turkey door, and we'll sure to talk about a lot. So until our next How Wheel Haunts episode, make sure you do the following. Like us on Facebook. Check. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Go back and listen to all of our previous episodes. Check. Follow The Great Brit on TikTok. 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 And we'll, I guess we'll see you. We'll see ya. On the next episode of the podcast. At, at the, the movies. movies. Your the life have all been crushed because of all the witches working. And the worst I put a spell on you. Shut up! Ask my sister!